episode you are about to hear contains explicit words. The opinions within are those of the hosts and in no way imply that anyone listening to this podcast agrees with anything we say. Please send complaints to thisflippinpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to a new episode, we don't even know the count anymore, of this flippin' podcast. I last came to you roughly seven weeks ago with a bunch of energy and excitement after playing in the final battle, and uh, the literally the next day wrestling season started, and since then I have been tired and beat up and exhausted, but it is with great pleasure that I back to you with my partner in crime and co-host taylor reese as he messaged me the other day and said hey man you want to do some recording and i said absolutely so uh merry christmas happy holidays coming up on a new year whatever y'all want to celebrate but taylor how's it going man it's going pretty well man it's uh good to talk to you it was cool to find out that you had released an episode and i um yeah like you know you you gave me a couple nudges about maybe recording and i i was like ah yeah i can do this um so yeah so it's cool it's good to talk to you it's good to catch up and you know i have a lot of questions for you because i know you've played games that i haven't played i know you've got games coming in that i haven't played um i know you've been i know you've been super busy even though you know you're a dad and stuff now like you've got a lot going on but you're still very deep into the pinball hobby um and you and you've been doing some really cool stuff over the over the holidays um, with your charity stream. So yeah, so yeah, it's it's good to talk to you. It's good to catch up, find out what you're up to. Um, yeah, so hey, what's up? What's My, up? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, thank you for for bringing it up because that was the first thing I did want to address. Is I know last year we did an episode with me and my buddy John Hawksby, who have started this charity bed drive that we've done at North End Pub as of last week now four years running um and last year we raised it was just under five thousand dollars and i am happy to report that after hosting our event on december 17th this year where we do a 12-hour charity stream via twitch um we have all the games on free play people can come and donate what they want to play all day we have a tournament that day and we did an auction full of all sorts of pinball memorabilia and merchandise that was donated from stern pinball spooky pinball jersey jack pinball and then i kind of just did a closet clean out on all this stuff i've been hoarding for years as well um and all of that together we raised slightly over six thousand dollars this year uh the price of everything as everyone knows has gone up so the be- bunk beds were costing roughly five hundred dollars to build this year but with the total we were able to raise we had enough to build 12 complete bunk beds and we raised just enough we ended up donating a little extra at the end ourselves um, on top of what we had already donated to get a a another half bed built 
which is a half bunk bed. So it's a, a bed. We were able to provide beds for 25 kids this year is the summary of what I'm trying to say uh, through Sleep in Heavenly Peace, who will be donating all that money to. And then John with his group, the Bearded Villains in Indianapolis, they will actually go on the bed builds and actually do the deliveries at the beds as well. So I think what we have figured out, um, adding up everything we'd raised the previous three years, and then with this year's total, at this point, after four years, we should have roughly been able to build uh, 100 beds for children in our community who didn't previously have one. So uh, if nothing else, if I, if I die tomorrow, which I really hope I don't do by any means, <laughs> it's pretty cool to know that we were able to do something like that through a hobby that we already all love, pinball. Uh, we had an awesome turnout this year. I think we had over 80 people donate be it online, yourself included, Taylor, thank you. Uh, online donations, people who showed up to come in person and donate, and people who bought things through the charity auction. So uh, that is an, absolutely a group effort. Um, we couldn't do it without everyone's help, and it's by far, I think, like the most important thing I've done in pinball. Like it was you know we use pinball to end up helping kids and i don't think there's anything better we could do with it so thank you to everyone who donated who bought something to the pinball manufacturers who donated things for us to auction off uh is really spectacular so that's a really positive note that you know that made my christmas made my year uh we're just happy we're able to do that i i think it's awesome I, you know as as you know, like in the past, I did um I've done pins for kids, which was like my charity thing. Um took a hiatus because of COVID, but that's something that I'm excited to start back up probably early spring. But yeah, it's definitely like it's you know, it's it's one of those hobbies where it's very like privilege based, right? Like we're really fortunate that we can afford these machines. We're really fortunate that we have the time that we can go and play these machines. So I think like finding a way to use them to give back makes it seem a little less selfish. Um, and I know that for me, there was definitely a point in the hobby where I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't really, how do I justify like having these machines in my basement? Um, but doing, starting to do like the charity stuff and that actually kind of snowballed into the league that we started here. Um, but it all started with the charity stuff. And there are, you know, there's, um, a good friend, Rob Pinnell, who's a local here, he runs charities as well. He, you know, he does regular tournaments and yeah, it's great. I mean, I think it's, it's such an easy way to give back because you're, you're providing an entertainment, right? You're providing entertainment. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, congratulations to you guys, like great way to, uh, raise money and second year running. And like you said, you were able to provide, hundred beds for kids, or you were able to provide beds for a hundred kids. Like that's, that's a substantial thing to do. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's really seems like we're, it's a lot of stress putting on the event. Yeah, and I'm part sure, of it is yeah. like every year in my brain, like the bottom line is we're raising money. Like if, if we just raised $500 and it was enough to provide one bunk bed, you know, two kids have a place to sleep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but in my brain, it's like, we have to keep, increasing and one upping the year before which is just like my in my brain if i don't do that it's some sort of a <laughs> yeah. failure yeah when I in reality that. it's like we're just doing something good for the community regardless yeah um but we 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 hit that so we ran a silent auction everything just had a piece of paper in front people could write their bids down 
and we're trying to like total that up while we got cash getting thrown into a, a jar and we got donations coming online from all sorts of things. So I'm doing all this math and remember I'm a social studies teacher, so that's hard <laughs> for me. Right. And, and we're like going through the day and I think it was around like eight, eight thirty. you know, a couple of the people had gone up and been looking at what bids were already on the items or maybe it was like seven 30. Cause the, the auction was going to end at 9 PM and we were going to keep streaming till midnight and they were like, I pr- they gave me what the total was for the auction. And we looked at what we had at other places and we're like, okay, we've already hit the 5,000. Like we already surpassed what we did last year. And in my brain, I was like, okay, these next three hours are like just fun now. Like now I can kind of hang out and relax and enjoy a little bit of what was going on. But it was just an awesome day overall. Like everyone who came down had a good time. Like the people, we had 20 plus people. And I think we had 24 players in the tournament, which for us is a good number. Yeah. Um, everyone had fun. It was, it was good games in the tournament. We were able to, we had no technical difficulties this year with the stream, which the last two years have been like majorly bogged down with technical difficulties. Cause two years ago at that time we were actually, uh, my wife was pregnant with Conrad and <laughs> we had already had the miscarriage, which I know we've talked about on the show yeah, yeah. and she started spotting yeah. during the stream. And we, I had to like leave and go to the hospital. So we lost like, the internet had gone out at the bar that day, so we were using my hotspot. So the last couple hours didn't get streamed. And then last year, something happened with the internet at the bar where it was just cutting in and out. So we were streaming for like two minutes, and then it would cut out for a minute. And then it would be back for 30 seconds and out for 30 seconds. And we just didn't really know what was going on. There was nothing we could do to fix it. And then this year, just like perfect for 12 plus hours. We barely dropped any frames. It was like, I don't know if the internet's just gotten better or if technology's gotten better, but this year ran perfect. We switched games up about every hour. We got to stream a lot of the tournament games on it. Uh, we got to stream Free Fall, which I was really excited about because there's not a ton of good gameplay video out there for that. It's one of the new games I've gotten this year and added to locations. So, yeah, man, just overall, awesome, awesome fun day for a really good cause. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be back next year for a fifth year of it. So. Nice. Do you do, do you do any other charity tournaments like during the year or is that your big one? Is like, that is our big one. Yeah. Um, we actually, and I honestly can't remember if I talked about this on the last episode I did or not. Uh-huh. Um, we, I think I mentioned it. We had a, uh, a player who would come down and play in some of our tournaments in our leagues who passed away, uh, about a year and a half ago and his family, uh, inherited his collection and none of them are really pinball people and they're pretty well off financially. So, uh, instead of trying to sell through his collection, what they decided to do was reach out to the people he was friends with and the locations he played at. And they wanted to donate his games to public places so people could continue to enjoy them. Wow. Um, so we ended up inheriting his whitewater, which is amazing, obviously. Um, we've got a memorial plaque on the lockdown bar for him, and his family just wanted it in a place where it could be played and enjoyed that's by awesome. his friends, yeah, which is amazing. awesome. Yeah. That being said, like that's obviously, it's an amazing thing for them to do, but I can't like, couldn't just accept that. So what we're doing is actually donating the coin drop from that machine itself to a charity back in the County that he lived in. Um, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's basically dedicated to helping to reunite families, um, who have been separated for one reason or another. And that's what they asked if they were, if we were going to make a charitable donation 
uh, kind of in return for the gift that they were giving us. That's who they asked us to go to. And we basically said we want to kind of make it a, a continuing donation so that in his memory, we're continuing to help with something uh, in his area. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Something yes. else that we're doing. Um, but as far as like a big annual event, yeah, we just do the, the sleep in heavenly peace. Um, <clears throat> the whole idea is like in my brain, it's obviously great if you can do more charity events all the time. Um, we're not that busy of a location still to this day. We've obviously grown. We have more players than we've ever had. Uh, but I think it's more effective to throw like one big annual thing. Um, and then your players, it's kind of like, the, it reminds me of like the school stuff where they sell kids, sell things to raise money for whatever school club or sports team they're on. And you're just constantly getting hit up. I'd rather not hit my players up all year. Um, for, you know, help with this, that, and the other, it's like, Hey, let's, let's make this our cause, you know? And if other places have causes, we try to go and help and send players or money and do what we can there. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, like this is what we've chosen to kind of get behind. It directly impacts people in our community. And that's another thing too. Like when we're, we're streaming and we're doing that event, I always remind people like, Hey, this is helping specifically my community. This is where we live. That's where we want to make our impact. But like, if you rather donate to your local chapter, Sleep in Heavenly Peace is located in every state. So like, you can help in your state. There's a good chance. I think Indiana has six different branches itself. Uh, we just donate to Indianapolis because it is the closest to us, and we have direct involvement then with the building and the delivering of them. Uh, so you know, if that's just something that sounds like a great idea to you, you can choose to you know donate and help in your own community. Do that same charity as well. But that to me is what makes the biggest difference. Not that there's anything wrong with global or nationwide charities and stuff, but to me, it's really more important to impact your local community where you can kind of see the difference, hopefully. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. So what have you been up to, man? It's been, it's been over a year <laughs> since you and I have done this. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to personally thank you because I don't know, I don't think there's any misconceptions out there. We don't have that many listeners, but like, yeah there's nothing wrong between Taylor and I, we just busy. Yeah. But I just want to thank you. Like you've reached out and checked on me, make sure I'm doing okay with oh, the whole, yeah, you know, fatherhood stuff and yeah. uh, offer tips and advice. And I appreciate all that. Cause it has been without a doubt difficult for me. I'm yeah. still adjusting. I think I'm doing a good job, but man, it's just hard. You guys all you and Glenn and Berto and Steven, you guys all in an undersold how like, <laughs> time consuming stressful <laughs> this fatherhood thing is but i'm figuring it out we're doing pretty good conrad's healthy and fun yeah and active so it's all good but just thanks for all that and checking in yeah absolutely have, it's not like we haven't talked in a year yeah 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 no we've we've kept in touch but yeah i i have been um i've been i've been busy you know i kind of um like during COVID, I'm trying. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like we last recorded, it was kind of after like the main stretch of COVID. We got back. We right. We didn't. We do an episode. We did a few. I think we literally did one last November. I yeah, think, or late October. It um, was just over a year ago. I looked at it before. Yeah. So since then, you know, I've kind of gone back out a little bit, playing pinball um, in a social way. Like I, I play a lot of pinball. <laughs> I mean, like I play a lot of pinball. I do a lot of pinball stuff still. Um, but I definitely got out of like competitive stuff. Like that's not, I don't know. I think it's, um, like my, so what I've been up to, I've been, um, I got back into, so I went to school, I went to undergraduate for sculpture and I went to, um, I went for a year MFA program in painting. 
So I have a fine art background and I've been, so like making the rails, the Reese, Reese rails that I did for, I've, I mean, uh, shit, I've done those for like 18 years now. Um, I, I dialed that back a lot during COVID because the, the, um, the supplier of the wood basically shut their mill down for a year. And then it was just really hard to get material. And they, they were set up, they were set up for doing other stuff, not the wood that I use. So that kind of was like, it was taken out of my hands. Um, certainly people like offered like suggestions and stuff like that. I, I was just like the way that I did it, it was, it really was dependent on the way that I set up the system to make them. It was really dependent on upon this mill that I used. And when they shut down, it kind of shut me down, um, which it was kind of, it was definitely kind of tough. Like there were, there were periods where it was just rough cause it was something that I just spent a lot of time doing, but in having that time back, I kind of was able to refocus my energy on working on things that nobody really needed. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so I've been making, I've been making a lot of artwork. Um, I started, I designed these, uh, I like make these lamps. I don't know how, to, I don't really know how to explain them other than like, I make these lamps that I'm using, um, for, I'm I'm making art out of them. I don't know how to explain it. I I'll like I can you know I have an Instagram if you want to go look at the Instagram. But um, so I've been doing that a lot. Like so I what, what is the Instagram if you would like people to look oh, at so it? So <laughs> the Instagram where I'm the insta so I have an Instagram that's it's underscore Taylor the Dad underscore and so that's kind of like my my main Instagram where I post all my bullshit. And then I have an Instagram that I started relatively recently. That's just artwork that I'm doing. And that is underscore Taylor in the studio underscore. Um, and like, I'm not following anybody there. I'm just posting pictures of stuff I'm working on in my studio within an art context. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I don't want to brag, but I was your first follower. Oh, you, so what's really funny about that is I, I, I like, I set it up and then I, I reached out to my wife and I was like, Hey, I, I want you to know I'm creating this new account and I'm just going to be posting stuff that I'm doing in the studio. And she was like, okay. And then I like looked and I was like, I was like, Oh, are you following me? She's like, no, I'm like, you weren't my number. I was like, you weren't my first follower. So it was you, Tommy. So thank you very much. Um, yeah. So you see, you see what I've been doing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really fun. And I think the thing that's really been helpful is because I've kind of, because I dialed back the rail stuff, like it really allowed me to be in the studio and think about just what I wanted to work on. Um, like the rails, man, the rails got really, really, I got really busy and like being busy is kind of like, um, it's not, I, mean, I don't want to complain about it, but like I was, I was making, I was making rails every day. If I was at home, I was making rails every day of the year, like Christmas. If it was not, you know, if it was warm enough to be in the garage, even if it was really cold in the garage, I was, I was making rails every day. And it just got to the point where I was making so many rails, like I really had no other time for pinball because that's where my pinball energy was going to where I really wasn't playing maybe outside of league. I stopped playing in league for a while. I stopped running my league. Um, 
So that was kind of overwhelming. Um, and I can't complain because, you know, put money in my pocket, but it was also, you know, it's just like, if you have a certain amount of energy to put towards a hobby and that hobby is, and that energy is being taken up by one thing, um, that's where it's all going. So it's kind of limits what you can do otherwise. So because the rails have kind of slowed down, I, I do them every once in a while, but I, I, I do them. I do very, very few. Like, um, I try to, I try to like, I've, I've got maybe like a dozen sets in the garage, but I'm shipping them all out and they're all like raw. So it's all just bare wood because trying to finish them and lacquer and ship them is always like, uh, fingers crossed that they don't get fucked up. Um, so that was, you know, so that's just kind of where that is. Um, and then I've got a high school, I've got a high school senior. And so she's in her last year of school. So a lot of like, I mean, there's definitely got to a point where because of trying to figure out like hobby life balance, I just didn't want to, I mean, doing the podcast didn't take a lot of time, but it's just like trying to feel like you needed to have an awareness about a hobby takes a lot of time. And I definitely... I definitely like towards the end when we were recording, I was not involved enough in the hobby to really be giving my, I, it wasn't an informed opinion. Um, and so I kind of felt like, like I didn't feel like I had a lot of value to my opinion because I just, I didn't know, like I, you know, I, I know what I like, I know what games I like. Um, but I don't feel like I know enough to tell somebody else what's good or bad. And I, did, and I don't necessarily put value in other people's opinions as to what's good and bad. And so I think that because it really is all about like your own personal experience, you know, it's like, you may hate this game. That's great. I might like it. Um, yeah. I think if anything, you and I have done this, I really can't remember how long we've been doing this. It's, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a it, long you know, time. We've been, yeah. Uh, and over that time I went from like, valuing other people's opinions and thinking <laughs> thinking my opinion mattered to yeah. very much accepting like bro if you like valley truck stop yeah and that's your it. jam yeah. yeah that's awesome like yeah. that's what's great about this hobby and if i like people will still give me crap but like spooky's america's most haunted i love that game uh, like i think that game is so much fun and other people won't like it's just yeah. what it is you know yeah. uh like it's there's a few universal duds that everyone can agree on. And then after that, it's like, man, like what you like and who yeah. cares who made it, who designed it, you know, like it just kind of, that's what's so cool about this hobby. And it took us, I think a while to get there, but I have absolutely no desire to influence anyone's opinion on a game anymore. Uh, if I ever did, like, it's just, this is why I like it. If you also like it, cool. If you don't, that's also okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's tough. I think like doing a podcast, you feel like you need to have a really strong opinion because it's, it's probably, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't listen to pinball podcasts really. Um, yeah, I literally have like none left on my charts. I mean, and I I have, and I have friends that do podcasts and, and I, you know, I, I respect their opinion, but I respect a lot of people's opinion. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just tough. I mean, I just don't know that, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I want, I want to, like, I want to have when I'm playing pinball. Like, I think one of my big things that I figured out at some point is that if I have a limited amount of time, I want to use that time doing 
things with people I want to be doing those things with. And I think with pinball, like there's definitely a point where, you know, there's a, there's the potential for toxicity in any aspect of life. Right. Um, the things that I really care about, I don't want that. Like I really enjoy pinball. Um, so I don't really want the toxic aspect of it. And so there's certain things where it's like, if you go to, if you're going to tournaments or you're going to, if you're in a league or, if you go to a certain location, like there's going to be the potential for toxic people. I don't necessarily want to, I, I like the ability to be able to walk out the door if I experience that. Right. And I definitely found with, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was butting heads or running into, or, or being put in a position to where I was having to play pinball with people I didn't really like. And that's kind of like, man, if I'm going to spend my time doing this thing that I like to do, I want to be doing it with people I like to do. So I kind of like really kind of um, dialed back just playing with random people. I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, I really like I have a group of people I really like to play with. And it's probably generally it's like I like to play in small groups for like dollar games and stuff like that. I, fi- I still find I really enjoy that. Um but I really, yeah, it's like if you have a limited amount of time to do it, like I, I don't want to be doing it with people that aren't making it fun. You know what I mean? Like even oh, if you're in, like in like if you're in league and you're in a group with people and you're just like, oh, man, this sucks because I don't really like these people. Then it's like, well, that diminishes your experience that night. Right. Well, if you're in a group with three people where you're like, oh, man, this is a great group, like you could lose all night and you still have a really good time. That's that brings me like that's what I like that. Like, that's what I want to experience. I don't want to have to like I don't want to have to like I don't want to play in a tournament where I don't like the format because the format's not fun to me, because why would I want to do that? Like just to get whoppers? Like, I don't give a shit about that. Um I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I think that, I mean, just as far oh, as like I, I what think that for sure, the, yeah. the Whopper obsession was part of it. Um, yeah. Oh, I was definitely the there which, too. Yeah. And and you're different to me, like me. And I know we've talked about this in past, past episodes where like, you do love playing with people, certain people, but people, whereas like, I want to go down and play alone. Like pinball is my escape from everything where I have to deal with people. Cause in my job, I deal with people as a yeah. teacher, as a coach, as a bartender. So like, Pinball for me, like I prefer it to be my alone time, which ironically, like last night I went down to the bar because we were open from five to midnight and thinking it was going to be empty. And Alyssa and Conrad fell asleep. So I was like, I'll pop down there at like 930 and go get some games in. And there was like 15 people down there playing. And I was like, oh, cool. Like It's good to yeah. see everybody. And then I jumped on a game like by myself to kind of enjoy. Yeah. And a, a former wrestler of mine ended up being back in town visiting and was with his new wife at the bar and had been drinking a little bit and saw me and wanted to have this turned into like an hour long conversation while my game just sat there waiting for me to play ball too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a very nice conversation and he said some very nice things. And, but one of my, one of my league player was there was like, Oh, nice. You tried to come down and get a night away and you get to play a half game of pinball. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. But after that I blew up all whitewater and that was the last game of the night before they closed. So that was, that worked out. Okay. But, but yeah, I know what you mean, man. Like you, you know, you want, whatever you want to make the hobby be for yourself is what you want it to be. And when yeah. it's not that, like I, I've already told my friends, I'm not going back to the Texas pinball festival this year. Cause like it was just too crazy the last two years. Like I had to wait to play absolutely yeah. everything. Um, there's so many pinball locations now, whereas before it was like, you kind of had to go to a show to see stuff. 
Yeah. Now it's like, hey, whatever's at the show is probably going to be on location within driving distance in the next month or two. Yeah, it's true. You yeah, know, like so outside of like Pulp Fiction, which got shown almost a whole year ago now and hasn't shown up really, but <laughs> those things still happen because it's what it is uh, in the hobby. And again, making pinball machines is very hard. Working on pinball machines is hard. Uh, Ryan Clater, if you listen to this, I'm almost done with your Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. I've got a sound issue and two switches that are giving me trouble, but it's almost ready. So I've been working on a game for Ryan to get up to him. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, like you said, man, the limited amount of time we have, you kind of want to do whatever it is you enjoy with it. Yeah. So I, I do understand that completely. And I do. I mean, I think that that was one of the other things, like when I kind of like step back a little bit from the step back a little bit, when I stepped back from doing the podcast, it was also because that was, that was what I really, I really like doing. Like I really like playing, getting together and playing with my friends. And so when COVID hit, it was kind of like, I don't know, really know what to talk about. Like, you know, like playing in my basement by myself, like, I don't know. Like that seems kind of like that's going to get boring. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been raising two kids. Um, uh, my daughter's GPA is like 4.92 or something. Top 10 in her class. She's, she's uh, doing all right. Yeah, she's doing all right. My, my youngest is national junior honor society. So I, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really fortunate, you know, I've got, but I also, I, I will say like, I play a lot of pinball in my basement. So, um, yeah. What's, <laughs> what's the most recent game you've got? Cause we haven't talked about our collections at all uh, man. with so, each other even. So I, I know you had a Godzilla premium. I have Is a Godzilla. That recent? That's the most, that's the most recent one. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, you know, uh, Godzilla recently, what I've been playing, I'm back on Iron Maiden, um, so I, I beat Godzilla, like I got to the end and oh, wow. yeah, which is, yeah. So I don't know how I feel about that. It was a little, like, it was really cool to do it, but the fact the game just spoiler alert, sp spoiler alert. I don't know. Do you want to, do you want to know what Skip happens ahead at the end? If you don't want to hear this, have you, heard, have you finished, I have you played? I'm it? not even close okay. to finishing Godzilla. I did finish Foo Fighters last month. Oh dude. So, okay. Yeah. So Foo Fighters is okay. So, well, so Godzilla, when you beat Godzilla, it ends like the game game over. There is no, like, it doesn't restart. Like you don't go back and play in cities. Like you go, you, you do the final battle and you're done. So it's like game over. I was on, I was on, I definitely, I was playing, I have my game set to factory. I think, I think I have them all set to factory now. Um, and so I was on factory. And so I had extra balls. I think I was on ball two when I beat it. You, you lose all your balls and that's it. Um, I had a decent score. It was probably like, I don't know what it was. Like it was in the billions, you know, it's seven seven eight billion or something oh, wow. like that um but i finished it and so what i want to do now because rumor rumor has it that elwin's next game is going to be jaws um, that is the rumor yeah so that's you know i'm i'm very interested in that so i want to i want to beat like i i want to beat maiden um Ooh, good so luck buddy well so for so for so first i wanted to beat jurassic park and so at least, at least, I don't know, beating Jurassic Park to me would be to get to, um, uh, 
the Nublar or whatever and like uh-huh. complete that Nublar. complete that mode in game. Now I've gotten to it like several times, but I've never gotten back. I've never escaped Nublar. Um, but in doing that, I really fucked up my hand because I like <laughs> I play. I'm such an aggressive player. Like I I don't know what it is about Jurassic Park, but it really screws up the way that I hold the cabinet and. I play in a really forceful way. Um, I, yeah, like I was just, I was played it too much and I like totally jacked up my hand. And and then I had, um, I started rock climbing again. And so, but I, I experienced like this really bad arthritic flare up in my hands. And so it's I had also it. Because you're pretty old at this and point. And I'm pretty too, old. I'm pretty, I'm pretty old. I'm almost 52. Uh, so I had to take a break from Jurassic Park. So I, I'm, I've moved over to Maiden. And so now I'm working on trying to beat Maiden. And for me, beating Maiden, I'm not trying to get to whatever um, run for the hills. Oh, but, okay. I see. That's yeah, what yeah. I was considering that. Gotcha. No, I want to get to, um, I want to battle the beast and defeat the beast. Um, I was one shot away a couple weeks ago. So that's kind of what I'm doing. But um, so that's what I, yeah. So my, that's my newest, Godzilla is still my newest game. I haven't got anything else other than that. Um, but yeah, so my current lineup, in case listeners give a shit, um, I have a stars and a meteor and a and a uh, firepower, and then I have uh, Doctor Who, Attack from Mars, a Medieval Madness remake, uh, Wizard of Oz. Still have my Wizard of Oz, Iron Maiden, Jurassic Park, Avengers, and Godzilla. Uh, Avengers and Godzilla are both premiums. Everything else is just standard, I guess, but. Yeah, so played. Um, yeah, so have you beat Avengers? No, uh, no. I, See, I, Avengers, I, I beat, and I haven't gotten anywhere near Godzilla or Maiden. So Avengers is the I sold that. Um, part of it was I had beat it. Another part was I had the premium, and all those premium mechs. Nothing major, but like they all at some point or another needed some work. Yeah. And that's when I kind of swore off the premium thing and just went with pros. That being said, um, my location partner, Mark, uh, recently traded his Scooby-Doo for a Godzilla premium. So we moved our pro to a separate location because we have multiple locations now. Nice. Um, And we put the premium at North End. And my players have been like, obsessed with it even though regular godzilla pro has been there for two years this thing is earning like crazy and i mean i've openly when godzilla came out like the mechs were very impressive um i will say that the premium plays easier to me specifically because of the mecha godzilla shot being like twice the width um, whereas on the pro that shot is way tighter and harder to hit. Okay. So that part I've noticed is, is quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, overall, but that being said, like it is fun without a doubt. And obviously, uh, not counting his bond 60th because of the insane cost. And even though I really want it, I just will not justify that pricing. Very excited for the potential rumors of jaws being that I am pretty shark obsessed myself. Conrad's entire room is covered with sharks. Oh, nice. Um, I have multiple shark tattoos. Jaws was the 
uh, first uh, DVD I ever got when I got DVDs. I already had VHS copies, but like yeah. when I upgraded to DVDs, that was like one of the first movies I got to oh, that's awesome. upgrade. So like that is, and this potential for like themes, theme integration and mech potential for that game. Uh, I could see it doing quite well. Uh, that being said, uh, even though, as I mentioned, I'm in multiple locations now, I'm up to four, four different locations. I'm still out of room because I keep getting stuff. So like this very much becomes like, I'm going to have to get rid of something uh, if, and when jaws is announced. So we probably get rid of one of our Godzilla models since we have two of them at this point yeah. and you go from there with what comes out with jaws. But um, much like you said about the whole, towards the end of our regular recording schedule, you were kind of not as informed and in getting out of things. I am right there with you. Uh, I am rarely on Pinside anymore. I think that website became very toxic for lack of better words, yeah. but uh, as the hobby expanded, so did the toxicity. And uh, I just don't care anymore about the rumors. Like it, it's kind of like, okay, cool. Jaws is coming. When it shows up, it shows up. Like I, yeah. I have no longer invest the sort of like thought process of time and energy into speculating what's going to be on there, because I, the reality is, whatever I speculate on, whether it's right or wrong, it's not going to change anything. And when the game comes out, it'll it'll be fun. Like because realistically, like Stern's got it down. Like they have not released a bad game. Um, I'd say if anything, Venom has been their most underwhelming title in the last few years, as far as like kind of anticipation and reception and stuff that game is fun as hell i don't yeah, know if you've I've, played I've, I've played venom on location and i yeah the, i played it's, a i played a um i played a premium okay i've only played the pro i've heard yeah. the premium plays a lot different um regardless i i really enjoy it i think the rules are cool i've seen my players absolutely get into the entire leveling up and trying to beat the bosses thing um so I think that's one of those games that's probably going to be more appreciated in a few years when people realize they can't get it. And yeah. suddenly it kind of increases kind of like stranger things did over time for Stern. Um, I, I think the most recent I think, game we got, we picked up a stranger things when they just revamped them. So that's back at North end pub now too. Do you think that venom, do you think part of the venom, um, like lack of excitement is because so many, so much stuff was kind of announced or rumors were happening at the time of the release. I feel I, you know, cause I, I think very much. So right. the market is oversaturated. Yeah. Um, obviously I think we're all at least semi aware of how the economy is going in general. And I, I think there is a reality that some of these companies in the next three to five years may not be around. Um, so I think that's part of it. The other part is like, I know the Venom movies have done very well at the box office and Venom is the comic and like it has this great look to it, obviously, but like, I just don't know anything about Venom. Like, I think I saw the movie. Maybe I like Tom Hardy. I know he's in it. Um, but it, just, it to me is a theme that wasn't like crazy appealing. And then on yeah. top of that, the game isn't based on the movies that have been successful. It's based on the comic. Yeah. Um, so I recognize a lot of the characters and the art and stuff just because they're part of pop culture. But like, I don't know the details of it. Uh, that being said, it has the whole like, you know, push your luck aspect. Do you want to keep building your locks up to the six ball multi ball? Yeah. And I absolutely love games that integrate that into sort of thing where players have choice in the gameplay. 
Um, but what's the benefit? What's the benefit of that? So the game and and maybe the code. I know the codes changed since I played it, but when I played Venom, the thing I did not understand two things. One, I didn't understand what the benefit of having extra balls in play was, nor did I understand. It took me a really long time to figure out that when you locked a ball, like immediately, like nanosecond, you had to smash or hold down the action button to, yeah, to bypass they, that. Did they change they that? Increase the time in okay. that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so frustrating. No, I definitely saw that with my casual players. Um, you know, just thinking like, cool, I'm in multi-ball, I'm in multi-ball, but not knowing they could build it up. Uh, yeah. They've changed how long you have on that for sure. Okay. Um, I know they changed kind of the difficulty levels of the bosses. They've been messing with that. Uh, I was very into it when it came out. And in the first, I don't know, a couple weeks before I got a code update, I went through and beat it with all the characters. So I'd beaten it at least three times and done the speed run aspect of it. So I unlocked all the extra characters since then. I know they increased the difficulty of beating the final boss null. And I've had one player who's been on null for like three weeks. Um, it just cannot beat him. So I think they're going to have to, end up like dialing that back down but that's one of those things like maybe maybe not there's probably settings in there too because stern is very good about putting in user settings that can be adjusted i might go in and make null easier to defeat if that's a possibility on my end um the building up of the six ball i assume and this is just how games like that typically have worked i don't pay enough attention because i just always go for the six ball uh, I assume your jackpot values also increase as you increase the amount of balls in play. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, the more balls you have going, the better chance you have of hitting on Stearns, at least where everything is a jackpot, uh, you have a better chance of hitting those jackpots. So that would be my assumption, but that is purely an assumption. Yeah. Um, a few of my players have been getting really into rules and they would absolutely do a better job of breaking it down. Um, that is one part where I feel that I've gotten to a level of at least on stern machines, like stern machines are kind of the same. You start a mode, try to bring in a multi-ball if it's possible, stack it with a multiplier if that's possible. Um, and you're just kind of learning the different shots, which they've done a good job of, especially with like Elwin's games. And then Foo Fighters has some very unique shots. Um, I felt like Venom, if anything, was more of a traditional layout than other games have been in recent times. But, like, the rules are all kind of the same on them. Like, it's a matter of if you can keep the ball alive, learn how to light your ball saves, collect your extra balls, those sort of things. The, the Stern games are not drastically different from one to the next. Yeah, I'm not I, complaining because they're very fun. So, yeah. like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. They just have a they have a formula down that's very good. And even... Within that formula, there are small differences. Like Elwin's games always have a main multi-ball that kind of has its level of scoring at what it is. And then they always have a multi-ball kind of like the T-Rex multi-ball or mummy multi-ball where like if you play them exactly right, you can actually blow games up using those multi-balls, but they're really, really difficult to play right. Um you know, that sort of thing. You got to hit the exact shots in the exact order within the multi-ball compared to like the random first multi-ball. That's just, you shoot everything. Um, and his modes are similar. Like if you play his modes the way he has designed them, you will score a lot of points. Yeah. If you just go through the mode and get it started, you, you probably won't 
do real well in it. You know, he's his are a little more exact, I've noticed, in the rule position. But by and large, like, yeah, I think Stern has a formula that works. And they're not varying too far from that formula because they found success. Now, what do you think about so Foo Fighters is a game that I've I've kind of been delving into a little bit more because we had it at a pin golf tournament recently. And so I was trying to figure out like just strategically like what to go for. It's not a game that I really have played a lot. Um, like what do you think? So what do you, how do you feel about Foo Fighters as far as like the rules versus Elwins? A similar? Um, I, I, again, I don't have my expertise. So if someone picks that in league night, yeah, I am playing a mode. I'm stacking it with a multi-ball. Okay. If I'm walking up to that game by myself and I'm just trying to like, so when I walk up to a game, like I'm always just trying to put up a huge score and get as far into it as I can. Like when I've got time to play on my own. Well, so I immediately well, what, attack what, the drop well, targets. If those are, if those are conflicting goals, though, would you rather go up and like get deeper into a game or get a higher score? Like, are you trying to get your initials on the table or are you trying to like, uh, I want to see game? what's in the game. So I'm trying to get deeper, okay. you know, but usually yeah, yeah. points will come with doing, that in, in doing that points will come with that. Yeah. So like for food fighters, there's this huge risk reward of attacking the drop targets, which are you familiar with the rules on this or yeah, no? that's, that's where I get, I I've, I've, I've seen people talk about them and I know that there's like a robot, you're building a robot and there's, it helps you like, it helps you achieve. It helps you, you achieve things in the game, right? Yeah. So I think, okay. In playing the modes, you collect the FUBOT parts, and okay. I could be way off on this, but this is what my understanding is. Uh, so in playing and defeating the modes, you collect FUBOT parts, you're building the FUBOT, which is one of the wizard modes, uh, or a multi-ball. But in the way there, the drop targets, there's a moving light in front of them. Um, whichever light is on when you hit the first target down, if you knock down the rest, it will then lock that part in. And there's a stand-up target behind there. Bashing that increases that part of the band, whether it's like the motor, the transmission, or the weapon or something. Uh Um, So you can do all three of those, and those will then make your modes easier based on how those levels are. So like you'll defeat the modes quicker. You get a bigger time bonus. You get a higher scoring. It takes fewer shots, whatever it is. But that, for whatever reason, because it is – risky and stupid because the targets are right in the middle like i get super drawn into attacking those when i'm just playing by myself yeah to try and make it so my modes are easier to beat so i can you know advance through the cities faster get to the wizard modes and stuff can you play Um, those can you advance those when you're in a multi-ball i don't know because like on like on um aiq right like i know that the drops you can i think you can do the drops while you're in multi-ball because then you can get, or maybe, I don't know, right? Can you do that? Where you like will end up with I, all like the little side games going or the side I haven't modes? played Avengers in so long, but I feel like you're correct because you can light the super spinner and the super ramps and all right. those little things. Like you can do disc. all, so you can like stack a ton of shit. Yeah. Where it's like everything um, you're shooting is just like exponentially. So if, you're, if you're doing those in a multi-ball, once you're in a mode, I know that you're not able to build up the van part. So you'd have to be playing a multi-ball by itself. Okay. And not in a mode or not in a mode. Okay. So you, I'm guessing in the multi-ball, you could be building up those parts and there is a max, like the colors go from, I want to say starting at like yellow 
when you first knock them down i can't remember eventually if you get it to red that's the max like that part is capped out so if you knock the drop target down again when that part is lit and you get all three of them the targets won't stay down they'll just reset so you can build to a next part okay. um it also the the cool thing with it i find cool it's three drop targets right so say you knock down two but you miss the third drop target and you hit the the stand-up target behind it yeah it will then so it sucks because you don't actually collect the part it doesn't increase whatever it is what increases your bonus multiplier instead okay so you can also build like you can intentionally do that trying to build up your bonus multiplier because bonus can be decent on the game too um i know the play field multiplier has something to do with the right orbit shot and it feeding back through the little area on the right side um i don't know how many shots it takes but that's what you get a play field multiplier with that's a really tough tight shot and i don't intentionally go for it because of that but overall i think foo fighters is very fun to shoot yeah I, yeah I, I really like the the geometry that, on it is super fun like the yeah. way the shots feed each other like 100 percent, very yeah. flowy very fast that being said i think that has been a negative for me from the earning aspect Foo Fighters was our worst game last month in the bar out of 15 games. And that's including games that only cost a quarter to play. Wow. I think it's incredibly difficult for the casual player because it is so fast. Yeah. And it's a game that can be very difficult to get ball control on because the way his shots are set up, like you want to keep shooting because things will flow together so well. Yeah. But even when they're flowing well, if you hit four or five in a row, but then you brick one really bad you know, your ball time ends up being pretty short. So do you, do you I have a did, pro or, do you have a pro or a premium? I have a pro. Okay. Um, and it did ship with no rubbers on the outlane post. <laughs> that is the only game that I have actually added and modified in any physical way at my location from factory from Stern is I added outlane rubbers. Wow. Um, it didn't help. People still didn't play it, but, <laughs> uh, that being said, Stranger Things went in last month, and Stranger Things also has really short ball times, partially because you plunge right into chaos, you know? Yeah. Um, but with that being said, like, that has continued to do really well so far for us. Um, I don't know if players are just more accepting or it's a more familiar theme, so they're, like, okay with losing the ball quickly. But I was shocked how far Foo Fighters dropped off because its first month it did excellent for us. Yeah. But since then, it's been like a steady decline. Um, I don't know what other operators have. Well, I do. I know what at least two other operators have experienced and it's been similar. And we all kind of drew the same conclusion is it's just too hard and too fast for casual players. Yeah. That being said, it makes it very fun for us. We all really enjoy it a lot. So I... Where would you where would you put Foo Fighters as far as um, recent Sterns as far as depth? Um, I mean, I think it's honestly pretty deep. I just had a crazy good game when I got through it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's quite Owen level, but I don't think it's like far behind. Okay. Um, because again, it comes from partially a lack of like, uh, whereas you're like, oh, I go in my basement and I play pinball all the time. I'm like, I go to pinball league on Thursday night and I get to play my four games. And then on Wednesdays, I bartend from five to midnight and whatever is broken, I stay after I close the bar and I fix. And then I play like a test game. Yeah. So I don't get a ton of like free time to go and play. So I don't learn the, the rules nearly as well as I used to. Like I know there's little robot stand up targets on 
Foo Fighters. So even when you brick a ramp or you miss, but you're hitting those targets, you're building up something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. What you're building I feel up. like one of those things that the Elwin games always do really well is no matter what you hit, you are building up something. Yeah. Um, I think it has a bit of that into it. Um, I do love that it has the overlord captive ball there. You shoot it and it locks the ball and captive becomes a captive ball for you to hit right for the multi-ball and Foo Fighters. I like that because it's a very obvious thing for players to shoot. Yeah. And those, I think it's good when games have that. I know John Borg is notorious for having some sort of a big bash thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen's games to me seem to lack that. Uh, you have the truck on Jurassic park, but I think if you sent somebody up there and you watched like somebody who's never played it and they went up and they shot the truck a couple times, I don't think they understand what it's doing initially. Like, I don't think they understand that you're moving your vehicle direction on the map. I don't think they understand they're spelling T-Rex to light a mode. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not as simple as like, Oh, this thing, I'm just going to shoot it and something will start. Cause if you, you spell T-Rex, but you just keep shooting the truck, you never shoot the left ramp. Nothing's going to happen. You're just yeah. going back and forth on the ramp. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it's, it's something I, I like about, Elwin's games because I don't feel like there's a lot a lot of real estate being used up by kind of superfluous stuff but I do think it does by not having that like obvious object it's yeah it's kind of tough yeah and I, like, st- I still think the greatest example of that in any machine to me is World Cup soccer and the goal Yes. Anyone can walk yes. up to that game and understand I shoot this goal yes and then if you try to shoot it a second time and it's not lit it's going to tell you like shoot the rollovers and you're yeah. like, Oh, I'm kind of hitting those on the way up there again. Right. So like it's, it has like that approachable part for a casual, but then like shooting the ramps or hitting the rollovers to gain your tickets in advanced cities on world cup soccer is a little more advanced. Like you have to kind of, that takes a little more time to figure out. So, uh, and I, I think an Elwin intentionally does that. I don't think he cares if a casual person walks up to his game and really likes it, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think that's who he's appealing to. Yeah. Um, in his design. And I think that's part of what Stern has figured out with the sort of uh, rotation on who they deliver games to. Like it's okay. Like Elwin's game doesn't do that. Eddie's has carnage on venom. It has the ship thing on Mandalorian. You shoot these clear bash toys enough. It's eventually going to start a multi-ball. John Borg obviously includes something like that. I think Jack Danger's example of that is Overlord. So if three out of your four designers are including something like that, uh, you know, most people are going to have something that appeals to them on location. I will say, I, I think Overlord is not like, it's not bash toy in your face bash toy though. You know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. Yeah. It's, I, I, I like it. I really, I really enjoyed Foo Fighters. I, I did not play well in the tournament on it but afterwards i played it a little bit just to kind of figure it. so it, the objective in this pin golf tournament was you needed to complete two of the van modes right so you needed to start two cities mm-hmm. you needed to complete two cities so um i the first that's city a, i started tough golf goal it was a, it was a tough golf goal but it yeah. was also um you know so the way that the way that the tournament was set up you had the game was set to five balls and then depending upon how far you got within those five balls you would determine your score six through 10, right? So yeah. if you started, if you, if you started a, a mode and didn't complete one mode, you would get a six, right? So it was, 
So it was it was it was tough, but it was definitely like people did it. I mean, people people got a hole in one on that game. Um, but I did not do well, and it did cost me. But yeah, so I started with New Orleans, which I believe was um, shoot a you purple have to, shot, shoot it a second to, time. Yeah. Um, but the the thing that I wasn't, the thing that I wasn't aware of when I played it during my match was the overlord aspect. Like I didn't, I didn't take into account that you could start a multi-ball by just hitting that, by hitting the overlord. And then, so basically that was a good way to play out your mode because you're in multi-ball. Um, yeah. And which goes back to what I said, it's the stern start a mode, start a multi-ball. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so I did that. Like afterwards I did that. I was able, I think I was, I was able to like, get a hole in one after the fact, but cause my second mode, I think I played LA or no, I played, I played New York and I think New York is like, you hit the spinner and the spinner is going to, it'll, it'll rotate the shots around the play field and then it'll land on a shot and you have to hit yeah. it. Right. Um, and I think shoot, I think shooting the spinner more increases the value of the shot. It increases the value. It. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But the that's, thing that, that's what I like cause that's that center shot that center spinner feels like it is just in the absolute most perfect spot oh, yeah. on each flipper. Yes. Like it's a very easy shot to hit, but it feels really good too. And it's so, deep. It's like way back yeah, on the game, which is like, there. yeah, which, yeah, it's really good. But the one thing that I got really confused on Foo Fighters was the action button, because there were times where I think I could have given myself, sh- like I, I would have, it would have given me shots, mm-hmm. but I did not, like nothing was telling me that. And I don't know how I would have known that except afterwards people were explaining to me, they were like, yeah, if you hit it three times, you would have gotten three shots. Like three of the mode shots would have been completed. And I was like, I had no idea. Part of those drop targets in the middle, build that up. You can collect more bombs by hitting them down. Oh, see, I thought it was a totally different shot. I thought I was supposed to be shooting like the, um, like the captive ball up top that does the like, the little rotation thing i have no idea what that does i know it does <laughs> okay. something but i know if you look at the the drop targets one of the inserts in front of them is a bomb so like you're by oh, taking those down and okay. then leveling it up you're collecting more bombs oh um, yeah i had no idea and then and then when i had it i would i like just held it down like i didn't like tap it that's so at some point, Godzilla having to hold it down to cash exa- in. Exactly. Yep. But I mean, the thing is, I, w- I will say like on Godzilla, I, f- I don't know, maybe it's just because I played it a lot, but I'm like, I know that you're supposed to do that because there's a thing on the, on the, you know, it's telling you, like it's showing you heat ray, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't a, know. There is an icon somewhere on the display for Foo Fighters. Yeah. That, that, that really confused me. Yeah. That's but. just from a, yeah, I can't even imagine the hours you have into Godzilla. So yeah, I think that's just an experience thing. Yeah. Um, similarly, James Bond in the last few code eights, code updates has integrated smart missiles and your ability to earn them and use them in shots in a similar way, uh, spot yourself shots and modes and stuff. And it's been done very well. You can get one for like a, for a skill shot for beating a mode, you collect another one, things like that. And you can get up to four at a time in James Bond if you earn them. So it's, uh, I don't know, man. I think those are obviously something that didn't necessarily always exist in pinball, but I think that's a cool thing in modern pinball spotting. Like you're just, sometimes you just have trouble hitting a certain shot. And if you have one of those missiles land, it's cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I Godzilla yeah. man hitting the X-ray has them. The, or whatever yeah. the, yeah, it's like heat ray. I love that. I mean, it like, yeah, it gives you, I mean, it's, it, 
gives you a way to play the game. It really does. It makes you play the game differently. Yeah. Like Mexico, Mecha Godzilla multi ball or whatever, or whatever super jackpot shot. It's like, just wait. And then it's just like heat ray. <laughs> Very satisfying. I love Godzilla. I need to, I, I, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. I'm taking a break. I need to play it some more since we got the premium. I've only got about five games on it. I did. Like I said, I am impressed with the mechs though. And the one we got has really nice modifications done to it. Um, the guy built like a whole little like miniature scene on top of the building. Oh it's yeah. It's really cool looking up. Yeah. So there's crazy mods nice. for that game. There are, uh, there for sure are, but that's just never been my, I've never been big into the modding thing. So getting one that already came modded was cool. I think that's how my old Metallica was too. It's like, clearly that's, that's one of the, again, one of the things that some people in this hobby, like that's what they love doing is getting a game and modding it to hell, you know, putting everything you can in there. I think the only game I've ever done that to myself is creature. I've, I've pretty heavily modded my creature. So I I'm get not, the appeal. I'm not, but, a, I'm not like a huge mod guy, but I have like, I do enjoy, um, like I did a mod on Godzilla. I don't know. I, I did. I added a couple mods on Godzilla. I've been doing like the, um, the side art inside the cabinets. I did that on my they, sterns. Um, they look I good, like man. that. Yeah, they it do. looks good. That, um, I still, I think, I think our Godzilla has mirror blades in it. And I really like those on pretty much any game too. So no, they're that it's funny that, like to think about now that we have side art or in, inside art blades for so many machines, like how complete it makes the games look yeah. and how weird it is that we didn't have it for so long I know. in this hobby where they were like, ah, why not put the art inside the cabinet too? Like I have, the thing that people actually see versus the sides of the cabinets, which usually are just packed away in a lineup. I think it's tough though. Cause I have like, I have my, I have a medieval madness and an attack from Mars and there's side art for those, but I, don't want to do it i don't know like i just feel like i don't know because it's not i think like with my wizard of oz i've thought about doing it because i think jersey jack made some for some version of wizard of oz but i don't know i just i don't know i feel like those older games i don't want to do that to them on on my on my doctor who i try to do it but the cabinet is so tight to the play field that it, every time i lifted the play field it destroyed oh, yeah. them <laughs> Like, no, nope, that's yeah. I was like, nah. We had that happen with the Scooby Doo. We had had to do some work under the play field and totally scratched up the artwork. But oh, thankfully, oh. Spooky, Spooky took good care of us and got us some replacement ones. So, so um, shit. So we 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 said that we were going to talk for an hour, and it's been yeah. An hour. I disagreed to you, but I knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> um, but we so can look, be done if you want to be done. So I think I think that we should finish this episode because I I'm I'm super it's it's been great to talk to you and the fact that an hour flew by means that we can obviously do this again without a hiccup. Um, so I think what we should do is I think we should end this episode, and this could be like su- uh, episode one, season two, or something like that. <laughs> but I think um, let's season one lasted eight years. That's season one lasted season. eight years. But I think that we should try to get together in the next week or two and we can get more into depth because I really want to hear about um, Scooby-Doo. I want to hear about, um, yeah, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the new games. We, we've, we've touched base and we've talked about kind of the games we have. Um, but yeah, I want to talk, I want to get into depth. I want to talk about Labyrinth. Like maybe we could reach out to some friends, you know, maybe. 
um, get somebody on to talk about Labyrinth because that's I'm I'm excited about that. Obviously, like we we both have friends that that work for Barrel Fun, so um, a little bias in the fact that I hope nothing but success for them. But yeah, I, I think that we could um, get into those a little deeper, and I don't know that we should do a three hour episode. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get that. And we have uh, to get we have to get five episodes in so we can we can be um we can be uh in the twippies. Is that a thing so? I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. That's all right. Um yeah, man, that sounds good. Uh, I look forward to it. It was good to catch up. Absolutely, uh, man. Hopefully this is a nice little late Christmas surprise for our, our listeners out there. <laughs> uh speaking of which I'll tell you when we get off the air. I got okay. a funny story for you. Okay. But, the nightmare. Uh, it was the, good to catch up, man. Hey, man, it was it was great to talk to you, and I look forward to doing this again. And, um, yeah, it was it was really fun, and I've got a, a lot of other shit to talk about. So we'll do another episode soon. Sounds good. Later. All right, Tommy. Talk to you later, man. Bye. All right. Bye.